Episode number nine in the Tigers Avenue. We're bowling, baby. We are bowling. The selections have been made. Zach, we got Kansas State in the Texas Bowl down in Houston. What are your initial thoughts on the game? I'll get into some of uh, the details of Kansas State as a team and what we're looking at as an opponent. But just give me your initial thoughts on what you think about uh, this game. Well, I'm sad. I'm disappointed. <laughs> I might cry a little because I was really hoping that it was going to be in, in the Liberty Bowl. But unfortunately, it's not. That's okay. I said in the last podcast it was going to come down to three bowls, and it was one of those three. Was the Texas Bowl. And I'm okay with the Texas Bowl. As I said in the last podcast, there is a large population of LSU alumni there that can go and support the Tigers in that bowl game. And also, we have a good recent history playing in the Texas Bowl. As you mentioned in the last podcast, the last time we played in the Texas Bowl was in 2015. And Leonard Fournette tore up Texas Tech Raiders defense. And even though Patrick Mahomes did put up a lot of stats, the LSU defense was able to bend but not break in that game. And overall, the Tigers dominated and were able to win that game. I'm interested to see us play Kansas State. I don't think me and you in our lifetime of watching LSU football has ever seen LSU take on Kansas State. They've actually only played one time in all the history of those two programs. And do you know which team won that game? Yes, LSU won in 1980. They beat Kansas State 21 to nothing. That was okay. the only meeting before this ball game. Okay, so there you have it. LSU dominates the series <laughs> one to nothing. But uh, anyways, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. I know this is a Kansas State team that's, you know, not as good as the teams in the past with that were coached under Snyder, you know, but I'm looking forward to the matchup. I know we'll preview it a lot more when we get closer here in about a month, but I'm liking the Tigers early on. Hey, we got to see Brad Davis introduce himself as the interim coach this past week. And, you know, he mentioned about what an honor it was for him uh, to be able to lead this team in a bowl win. And I, I love his enthusiasm and saying, I want to win this game. Y you got to love that enthusiasm from him as a offensive line coach to be able to lead this team and, I have high hopes for him and am really excited and uh, just thrilled to see him have that opportunity. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I'm glad the Tigers are actually in a bowl, and I hope they can pull it off and win so we don't have a losing season. 
Me as well. I mean, I want that streak to of winning seasons to continue. Brad Davis uh, also grew up in Baton Rouge, so you know this means a lot to him to have this opportunity, and you know he wants to put on the best show for the state of Louisiana and, and come out victorious. Um, yeah, Leonard Fournette, man, in that Texas Tech game, 212 yards, four rushing touchdowns, and a receiving touchdown. So five total touchdowns on the game. Uh, so the last time we were in Texas ball, it did Prime go well. time, Lenny. And I would say outside of, of, of New Year's Six, outside of the playoffs, the Texas Bowl down in Houston had the best showing of fans in a bowl game that I think I've ever seen. The and, and that's the goal nowadays for bowl games is to place teams where fans will travel, fans will go to attract more attention to the game, more uh, tickets sold. So more I'm looking revenue. forward to it. I think it's going to be a great game. And I do like the Tigers right now. They are – they opened up as the favorite. Uh, it was a it's a three point spread, really small spread on the game. You know, I, I think LSU only gets the nod maybe because they understand that there's going to be a heavy LSU presence there when it comes to the fans. So a three point spread is really like just giving them the nod of maybe somewhat of a resemblance of home field advantage. Kansas State, however, is one game better on their record than LSU. They finished the season 7-5. and five. However, they play in the Big 12, whereas LSU plays in the chuckle, chuckle, SEC chuckle. West. And when you look at Kansas State's schedule, all opponents in the Big 12 that would really pose a threat uh, that we would consider good teams, well, they lost to them. Uh, they lost to Oklahoma State, Oklahoma, Iowa State, Baylor, and Texas. So this team is a is a team that wins and wins against opponents that aren't the best. And I think LSU, with uh, playing in the SEC West, the much tougher conference, um, and I mean, talent-wise, LSU is 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 going to way uh, out past Kansas State in that category, and I think we're going to see a Tiger victory. So I'm pumped about the Texas Bowl. I know I've given my opinion about bowl games that I, they really don't matter, and I don't care for bowl games, and I stand by that because the Texas Bowl, in the grand scheme of things, means absolutely nothing for LSU, a program that has championship contentions. But it gives Brad Davis this opportunity. It gives the the opportunity for the for fans sure. to watch these Tigers suit up one more time uh, and, and go out on a high note, especially with a transition here uh, for new coaches and, and whatnot. You want to see uh, this transition end on a high note. Yeah, um, I agree. So I'm excited about the bowl game. Uh, I, I'm excited. It's always fun to to see a different opponent that you've never seen before, uh, and, and this is definitely one we've never seen before uh, because we weren't alive in 1980. So I, I'm excited to play them and pumped for this bowl game. Let's talk a little bit now, uh, aside from LSU, the big thing in college football obviously is the top four, 
who's in, uh, who has the playoff committee selected, and, um, well, it's out. You got Alabama at one. You have Michigan at two. Uh, <laughs> you got Georgia at three. And you have Cincinnati at four. Ah, uh, come anyway, on. And give them the benefit of the doubt. Let's nope. root up the group five teams. Nope. Nope. I guess you we're can give your thoughts on, on that. I guess you we'll can give your on thoughts one. on that, but you can give your, your thoughts on what you think about the the four here and how you think it's going to play out and who you think is going to win, and then I'll give my thoughts on it. Uh, I'm just – obviously, I'm upset that Alabama <laughs> did what they did on Saturday. I think – the entire country expected Georgia to win. And why would we have done that? I don't know why we did that. You should never bet against Saban and Bama and make them an underdog. Yeah, they are. They don't need fuel. And the entire country and the media and fans that aren't Bama fans gave them the fuel that they needed to do exactly what they did on Saturday and it's scary. It's scary. The way they played on Saturday made them look like the legit number one team in the country. I know some Michigan fans were arguing about the possibility that they should have gotten number one. I, I disagree. I think Bama deserved the no. number one. As much as I hate to admit it, they deserve to get number one, especially after their performance over what was the most dominant team in college football the entire season. Dude, I, I don't get it, man. Why in the world is Kirby not starting JT Daniels? JT Daniels is a five-star quarterback, and you have him sitting on the bench. It's the same thing that happened a couple years ago. Why in the world do you have Justin Fields sitting on the bench with Jake Fromm starting? I mean, look Look in the NFL, what's happened? What is What is Jake Fromm doing? Nothing. Justin Fields be eventually became the starter at the Chicago Bears. Right? And, I, man, I don't understand why Kirby has made that decision. I get it. It's a, it's a cool story. And, you know, with him being the walk-on and all that, all that stuff, like, that's awesome. But... You got to start your better quarterback, and Georgia has been winning, and they have been dominant all year because of their defense. But in this day and age of college football, you have to have an elite, maybe not even just an elite, but a great quarterback. And Georgia, with the team that they have, if they could just have that, that great quarterback play, I think they would be the best team in college football, period. And I think JT Daniels gives you the best option there. So I'm hoping that in the playoff, we see JT Daniels. I know that's crazy. I know you've ridden Stetson Bennett the entire year. But I think if you're Kirby, you got to put JT Daniels in. Now, I think it is interesting the matchup between Michigan and Georgia because if there is any other team outside of Georgia that I think can compete with Alabama potentially, I think it's Michigan. I think Michigan has, has shown a lot of improvement, and I think they um, deserve 
their ranking uh, as the number two team in the country. I know, like I said earlier, they argued for number one. And in some cases, they have a pretty good argument. They play in the Big Ten, so they don't have as much of an argument as I think Alabama and Georgia do in playing in the SEC West and the SEC East. But I think they do have a little bit of an argument. They definitely have been very impressive in the last stretch of these few weeks of college football. And and in the championship week this past Saturday, just dominated Iowa, a top 15 team. So I've been impressed with Michigan, and they have a lot of components that make them uh, a scary team. Hutchinson coming off the end for their defense, dude. That guy is insane. Did you see? I don't know if you've seen, but did you see the the blow up that he had on that Iowa offensive lineman, where he yes. he, he 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 timed yes. the snap count and just just pancaked the dude. I mean, he didn't even fall like pancake him, like follow him. He just like pushed him down, like this huge offensive lineman just just pushed him down like he was nothing. And it was just it's impressive. They've got a lot of really impressive players. So outside Georgia, I think that Michigan potentially look look out for Michigan. Look out for Michigan. I I, I don't want to say like they're going to win it or, or anything like that, but don't be surprised if Michigan beats Georgia. I I know that sounds crazy. I know it sounds crazy, but I'm I think don't be surprised if Michigan beats Georgia. And honestly, don't be surprised if it if they get it to the national championship against. Alabama, if Alabama's the team that makes it, which I don't even have to talk about that game. I think Alabama's going to win that game. As much as I am enjoying Cincinnati and the Group 5 getting their chance, as much as I want to see Cincinnati compete in that ball game and prove that they deserve to be there, uh, and that's why I'm happy that for them that they're there because, you know, I want to see we've been they've been waiting for it waiting for it waiting for it. okay now here's a chance and so i'm going to be rooting for them i'm going to be rooting for cincinnati i think everybody in the country is if you're not a bama fan but we're going to expect to see bama in the national championship and if michigan's there i think it could be a competitive ball game so um i'm really excited to see even though our favorite team is not there i'm really excited to see how this year's playoff turns out with cincinnati being in there and michigan being in there for the first time of course, Georgia, Alabama, the potential rematch of the Natty a few years ago. So all that's very interesting. Yeah, I, I I don't think you're out of your mind to claim that Michigan could beat Georgia. And, and I'm going to go ahead and say it right here. If Stetson Bennett is the quarterback, I'm picking Michigan. Because McNamara and Hassan Haskins and – Cockrum and that elite offensive line that Michigan has and their defense is solid. I like Michigan a lot and what they've shown this year with with the two backs they have that are elite. And they can even bring J.J. McCarthy off the bench and add this dynamic, you know, package, wildcat type of package with a freshman quarterback that – can not only run and move with his feet, he can throw a dime at any time. And let's not forget Donovan Edwards. I mean, they have weapons. And I'm not sleeping on the, on Michigan. I, I really like their their chances to make it to the championship. And I'm mm-hmm. telling you right now, if I, if Stetson Bennett is 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 playing, I, I think I think Michigan wins. 
Um, I think Kirby has to, which he's the coach and it's his decision, but I think he has to at least try JT Daniels. After the showing of what we saw in the SEC yes. championship, if you yeah. go right back to it and then get beat like a drum by Michigan and Stetson Bennett has a subpar game. Maybe not even beat like a drum, but just beat, period. Just beaten. There's going to be some really unhappy Georgia fans. I'm telling you that right now because they're feeling Mark Rick vibes they're all over already again. unhappy. They're already unhappy. They, they're not happy. They are feeling the Mark Rick vibes in Georgia rumbling again. And, and I just – you got to give JT Daniels a shot. Now, when it comes to Alabama and Cincinnati, Cincinnati is going to get absolutely steamrolled because they do not belong – in the top four playoff selection, the fact that the college football playoff committee can can try to convince me with their with their little head director with his explanation as to why they belong in their the, their spot, you cannot convince me that Cincinnati is the fourth best team in the nation. False, false. If Oklahoma State would have won the Big Twelve championship. They would be in. I, and in I do my opinion, Baylor should be ahead of Cincinnati. I understand they have two losses, but Baylor's defense is elite. And Dave they Randall. pose a heck of a lot better threat to Alabama than the group of five Cincinnati team. I know they're about to be in, in the in the power five in a, in a short few years. And if they want to make a run for the championship when they play in a Power 5 conference and make that kind of run and they go undefeated in a Power 5 conference, then we can have that discussion. But when they're playing a group of five schedule and the toughest team you played this year was Notre Dame and the second team you played in the Power 5 was Indiana, who had, I think, three wins on the entire season, you will not convince me that they were the best, the fourth best team in the nation. False. Not true. This is this is an attempt to appease all of the Group 5 teams that have been whining and complaining every single year, we deserve to get in, we deserve to get in. And UCF, back in whatever it was, 2018, trying to claim they're the national championships, blah, blah, blah. Uh, I don't agree no. with that. You can't no. claim you're the national no. championships. I, do, I don't I, – I mean, I, I like the fact that Cincinnati is in it because, like I said, they, they get their shot to kind of prove, hey – because like you said, yeah. they are coming into the power five. So this is kind of their shot to prove, Hey, we're worthy of being in the power five. But I, I do, I do agree with you that it's stupid that since, or that UCF you, tried to claim a natty that, years ago. It's no, they, they, this is an attempt by the committee to appease group of five schools. And you know what? I, I'm kind of torn between whether being upset that they're in it or, I'm actually okay that they're in it because everybody can shut up after Cincinnati gets steamrolled by the machine that is Nick Saban and Alabama because it's going to be an embarrassingly like massive beatdown of Cincinnati. And this entire season, all their fans, all the glorious moments that Cincinnati has is going to become crumbling down in a massive fire pit and their emotions and their excitement is going to be just squashed by Nick Saban and the Alabama offense and defense. And they're going to be like, ah! 
and they're never going to want to come back to the playoffs again and play Alabama. Mark my words, it will be a slaughter fest. Okay, they don't is belong. It, is it really though an attempt for the playoff committee to do that very thing? Because if you think about it, they have they have tried to keep them out. No, I know they, they have tried to keep them out so many until, years until this ranking, this most recent ranking. They have tried to find a way to keep Cincinnati out of the top four, Reagan. You cannot deny that. I, I'm not I'm not saying they haven't tried to keep them out, but this is definitely an attempt to appease. This is an appeasement attempt. Why, because, how is it an attempt to appease if, if they've been if trying Cincinnati, to keep them if, the previous week? Zach, Zachary Lee, if Cincinnati played Baylor, if Cincinnati played Oklahoma State, if Cincinnati played Ohio State, if they played any of the teams, they would lose. And those teams are not are not in the playoffs. They're not right, yeah. the fourth best I team. I don't disagree with you on that fact. Yes, if they played a power five, then they can't. They shouldn't be in there. Schedule. I know. I understand that. I agree with you on that on that part. But you cannot say that this committee has intentionally tried to put this team in the final four because the weeks previous they have been trying to keep them out of the final four, and it took. Oklahoma State having to lose in the conference championship game for them to be like, okay, well, now we kind of have to put them in because if we don't, then we're just going to get more complaints. That's where that then, comes from. But that's, that's, that's saying, Okay, let's put them in because we then should because they've been whining. That's we've been trying to, we've been trying, we've been trying to keep them out. And now we really don't have any excuse. You, so I don't think that's an attempt the, by the committee to keep them in. I think that's an, an attempt by the committee to keep them out, and then they didn't really have any more excuses. You can you can make an excuse. You don't even have to make an excuse. You can point to their strength of schedule and say, oh, it's the 84th strength ranked strength of schedule in the nation. You don't belong. I disagree. Like I don't disagree. you don't have to make you don't have to make an excuse. And if their argument is that, oh, Oklahoma State lost, well, now we have to put them in. No, you don't. You're the playoff selection committee. Your job every single year that they say is we want the four best, the four best teams in the playoffs. Cincinnati is not a top four team in the nation. They're not. So I agree. I don't, cowardly, I don't disagree with you. If, if, they're, if, they're, if it's not an appeasement, for of the complaining group five, then it is a cowardly act for them to again say to the group five, "No, you don't belong." It, it's cowardly that, because they that's don't. That's the only spot that I disagree belong. with you. That's the only spot that I disagree with you. I don't think it's an appeasement. I I think it's a they didn't have an excuse. They're undefeated. We've got all these two loss teams. If we put this a two loss team in front of this undefeated team. All hell is going to break loose. And so I, I, I think it was – I agree with you. I agree with you 100%. They probably don't deserve to be there, but I I, I don't think that it was – and it, I don't think it was the committee intentionally trying to put them into the college football playoff. That's the only part I disagree with you. But guess what? Here's their opportunity, okay? All of us that, that, that get say – all of us that say, hey, you don't deserve that Cincinnati does not a group five team does not deserve to be even mentioned in the top four best teams in the country because they're from the group of five. 
this is their opportunity to prove us wrong. And guess what? They can still prove us wrong by losing because they can compete against Alabama and make it look like a ball game. And just doing that is going to show the the country that they were at least worthy of being with there. If they do that, you know, I'm going to be like, all right. But if they don't, then the, the the that conversation, that topic is dead and mute the rest of so history. <laughs> I, I wanna I wanna go on the record to say though, <laughs> if Cincinnati beats Alabama, I'm gonna be the first one hooting and hollering. I don't think it's ever gonna be possible. Oh, of but course. if Alabama beats Cincinnati, I'll be through the moon because more than anything Let's in the go. playoffs, more than anything in the playoffs, I don't want Alabama winning again. That's for sure. I, I will sit here and eat crow all day long and, and egg on my face and whatever you want to say if Cincinnati beats Alabama. Sure, group, if Cincinnati beats Alabama, give the benefit of the doubt of the group five. They had a team that rose up. They beat Alabama. You can slander me for everything I just ranted about, but I will I will be through the moon if Cincinnati beats Alabama. Hey, here's a good question for you. Here's a good question for you. Would you rather – Cincinnati beat Alabama in the semis or Alabama beat Cincinnati in the semis, get to the national championship and lose a heartbreaker in the natty. Um, Losing the semis to Cincinnati or lose a heartbreaker in the natty. Either way, if they lose, I'm happy. But... If I had to choose, because I don't even want them to have the opportunity of being in the, in the championship. But if I had to choose where both situations, I get what I want, I guess you could say, I would choose them losing in the championship. Because yeah. that gives me the feeling that Alabama fans were like, oh, we were so close, but we didn't get it. Another one. Congrats. So, you were close to another one. Yeah. How boring so, must it be to be an Alabama fan? Like, I know it's like <laughs> excruciating for LSU fans because you're biting your nails <laughs> in every ball game. But at the same time, that's what makes it awesome, right? That's what makes college football so exciting is the close and, and thrilling games. And yet Alabama every year is like, oh, you know, we're just, we're just going to dominate. We're going to win the SC West. We're going to go to Atlanta. We're going to go to the college football playoffs. And we, can, we can literally predict almost every single year what Alabama football is going to look like and what they're going to do. Yes, I understand if you're in that position. Like if, if LSU was in that position, I'm sure we as fans are like, it. man, this is awesome. I, I every single year we know we're going to compete for an Addy. Like you want that. But at the same time, I wonder if that gets – I guess we need to bring a Bama fan on and be like, hey, does this ever get boring? <laughs> well, the, the, the reality is, 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 you know, you saw Nick Saban's rant the other day where he said, you know, we're no longer happy about winning games. We're happy if we win the way you want us to win. So Alabama fans have become, yeah. become spoiled to winning a certain way, and when they win – in a way that they don't like it, they become, they, they become entitled to winning a certain way. And when it doesn't happen, they get upset. And uh, I'm glad it's that they're saving that snooty out. way. It's just like, you know, that that's what they expect. And I mean, I, I mean, partially, I don't think you can blame them because 
of what they have done. But in the same way, like when you have those down years, you shouldn't be like, you know, how the Bama fans have been reacting. And I mean, that's why Nick Saban had the rant that he had because of what he was seeing out in social media and just, you know, I'm sure being out and around town or whatever. So. Yeah, well, we've gone way over time with the college football playoff selection stuff. We need to move forward here to the Butkus Award Highway Robbery. Warning. Warning. Highway Robbery. Warning. Highway Robbery. (laughs) Zach, Zach, you take the lead on this here. Give me your thoughts on uh, Mr. Nakobe Dean winning the Butkus Award for best linebacker in the country. So first off, I'm going to be humble here and say it's awesome that, as you mentioned before, if it was going to be anybody else, we're excited that it's N'Kobe Dean. We don't personally know N'Kobe Dean but or have met him or anything like that, so we're not trying to claim like we, we know him. But it is really cool that you get to see somebody that is from your area that played in the same district as your home team. Uh, have the accomplishment and have the success that he is having at the college level. He's no doubt, no doubt he is going to be a top draft pick when his time comes to go to the NFL. And so you have to give him credit for that. And he has had a phenomenal season. He's had a great season. But I want to do this real quick for our listeners. And Reagan, you just play cool with me. I want to give a blind resume to our listeners, okay? All right, check this out. So, we'll just say player A. Player A has played 12 games. In those 12 games, he has 78 solo tackles. Solo tackles by himself, all right? He also has 135 Total tackles, right? He has 15 and a half tackles for loss. And he has five and a half sacks in the entire season. That's player A, okay? Player B has played one extra game than player A has. But he only has 29 solo tackles compared to player A's 78. He only has 61 total tackles compared to player A's 135. And he only has eight and a half tackles for loss compared to player A's 15 and a half. And he has, now this one is a close stat, but he has five sacks compared to player A's five and a half stacks. Now, I think, listeners, Reagan, I think you know where this is going. Who is player A? Who is player B? Damone Clark is obviously player A, and Nicobe Dean is player B. Yes. So in one extra game, he's played one extra game, Nicobe Dean has. And even though he's played one extra game, Damone Clark has doubled him up in solo tackles, in total tackles, and just about nearly totals him, uh, doubles him up in tackles for loss. He also, this is not on this stat sheet, but he also 
has doubled him up in forced fumbles. Nicobe Dean has one forced fumble, and Damone Clark has two forced fumbles. Now, the one stat, the one single stat where Nicobe Dean has beat Damone Clark is in interceptions, which you're not going to see a lot of at the linebacker position, right? Nicobe Dean has two interceptions on the year. Damone Clark has one interception on the year. And I saw a guy arguing that because Nicobe Dean had a pick six, that's why he deserved it over Damone Clark. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Tripping. Are are you kidding me? So, obviously, we're, as LSU fans, we are upset about that because this has no longer become an award. And this is like the majority of the awards in college football. It has no longer become an award for the greatest position player in college football. It has now become an award for the greatest position player on the greatest team in college football. And here's yep. here, and, and, and I know you're saying, well, you're LSU biased, you're LSU biased. Let's go back to 2019. Let's go back to 2019. Grant Delpit, love Grant Delpit, great player at LSU, fantastic safety. Yep. Grant Delpit missed five games in 2019, and he won the Thorpe Award. When Derek Stingley, as a freshman, was making laps around Grant Delpit and his stats. And yet, Grant Delpit, because of the previous year and because he was playing for the greatest team, got that award. I don't think he should have gotten that award. I I, I love Grant Delpit. I, I think, you know, what an honor for him. I was excited that he won it. But if I'm going to defend and, and, and be against N'Kobe Dean here, you also have to go back and be against Grant Delpit in 2019. Yeah, and to to add to that, that Grant Delpit scenario, to not be biased to LSU, Jeff Okuda at Ohio State also had a far yeah. better statist- statistical season than Grant mm-hmm. Delpit. So because a lot of these awards singly. don't go to freshmen. These yeah. a lot of these awards don't go to freshmen. So if you wanted to look to someone who who had better stats um and wasn't a freshman, Jeff Okuda was that guy. In other words, yep. these awards tend to follow the success, but I you just cannot deny more than doubling the solo tackles, more than doubling Makes no the total sense. amount of tackles, almost doubling the tackles for loss. I mean, come on. <laughs> come on. It, it's it, it's like the stats are like screaming off of the page. And not only does Moan Clark have all of those tackles, all those tackles leads the entire nation. Yep. Moan Clark is the tackle leader for the entire country. So, in my opinion, Damone Clark was robbed. I want you to bring me that selection committee, the, the committee that selects the Budkus Award winner, and I want you to place that graphic. If y'all want to, y'all go look at our Twitter, Tigers Avenue Pod, at Tigers Avenue Pod, and you can see that graphic of Damone Clark and Nicobe Dean and their stats side by side. 
And I want you to place that graphic up on a big screen in front of that committee and say, how in the world did you select this one player over this one? And it's for the reason I said, because he is the greatest defensive player on the greatest. Well, I guess (laughs) was the greatest team at the time (laughs) in college football. Yep. Um, So Damone was robbed. Uh, Let's talk about basketball now. Um, There has not been a game played since our last podcast, but we do have some news. The sleazeball, sorry-tailed suckers that do the AP Top 25 poll for basketball, um, they placed LSU at 25. An absolute I feel like that's more of a slap to the face than them leaving us unranked. I I would have rather been unranked. It feels like they put LSU in because they felt like they had to put LSU in. And I, I would have rather stayed unranked and kept winning for them to place us into the top 25 at a higher spot. But I, I am glad that we're in because – I, I believe that we will continue to rise, and I think we will be undefeated come conference time, and this ranking will be higher. But to to put the, the the cherry on top with this, we have discussed, you know, these people who make these rankings and the NCAA having it out for Will Wade. We understand that. Will Wade was on the wiretap, yada yada yada. But I'm here to tell you, the NCAA has done a deep dive into this investigation and tried to find the money exchange somewhere between Will Wade and the player that he made that comment to. And they haven't found a darn thing. And the NCAA will not let it go because they have messed up this whole cycle of all this thing where they call play coaches trying to pay players and they have never really closed the book on it and had somebody to hang over it. That one person that they want to hang is Will Wade. The fact that the NCAA has had an in-depth investigation and have found no evidence of any money exchange anywhere, yet they are still holding the investigation open is immoral and inexcusable, and it's downright dirty because the NCAA is dirty. And I think as a whole organization, I hope one day the entire NCAA disbands because the NCAA is a joke. They continually screw things up all the time. And and, and let me let me prove it to you with this top 25 ranking. The NCAA has come out with a new ranking system called the net ranking. The first net ranking for basketball was released today along with the AP poll top 25. The net ranking is based off of these factors. It includes more components than just winning percentage. This is a quote from NCAA's website. Just to clarify, direct (laughs) quote from their website. The net ranking includes more components than just winning percentage. It takes into account game results, 
strength of schedule, game location, scoring margin, net offensive and defensive efficiency, and quality of wins and losses. Zachary, do you want to know? Do you want to know where the LSU Tigers rank in those categories and in the net rankings? Guess where they are. Tell us, Reagan. Two. They're number two in the nation. They are only behind the Purdue Boilmakers. And guess where Purdue is ranked in the AP Poll Top 25? As of Monday, December 7th, the Boilmakers are the number one team in the nation according to the AP Poll 25. But according to the net ranking, LSU is two. But according to the AP Poll, LSU is 25. These pollsters are a joke. They're a joke. And I don't Let's you can continue to sleep on this team all you want to, but the 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 offense, the defense, the efficiency of this team, the elite talent that is on this team is going to be unignorable here in a few weeks because when they walk into conference play and they're undefeated, your sorry tails are gonna have to raise them in the poll. But I don't care about the poll anymore because they clearly screwed them over and over and they clearly are biased on the matter. And LSU's just going to keep winning games and keep proving them wrong. Boot up. Boot up, baby. Now, hey, hey, listen. This has been a great ride, but if we get into conference play and we look terrible, y'all can trash us all you want. We will, we will eat our words. But we're basing everything off of what we see, what we are watching. I mean, Reagan just gave y'all the hard facts. Purdue Boilermakers, net ranking, number one. AP ranking, number one. LSU, net ranking, number two. AP ranking, 25. Explain that to us, pollsters. I don't care who you are, what team you cheer for, Explain that to me. And, and, and furthermore, the top 10. Let me back up. The AP poll 25 has, as of today, eight teams from the SEC in the top 25. Eight. And they are all above LSU because LSU yep. is at 25. The yep. top 10, the top 10 in the net rankings does not include one single other SEC team. The only SEC team that is in the top 10 when it comes to the net rankings is the LSU freaking Tigers. If you try to convince me that these pollsters are not biased and have it out for Will Wade, then I'll give you $1,000. But guess what? You're not going to convince me because it's blatantly obvious that they don't care about them and they're going to continue to snub them. I'm done ranting. We got a Reagan rant on our hands. Let's go. Well, we've talked a lot about the playoffs, about the Buckus Award, and about the the robbery that is the AP poll 25. We hope you've enjoyed this episode. Uh, it's been an interesting one. Hey, go check us out on Twitter, Tigers Avenue. 
Pod, Tigers Avenue Pod. Go follow us for all our tweets and updates on our latest episodes. Appreciate you checking in in the Tigers Avenue for episode number nine. We'll catch you later. Peace.